the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, he takes us to the Great Commandment, something that can't be fulfilled without a certain ingredient. The heart, cardia, is the center of emotions, desires, and affections. The soul, suke, is a person's being and uniqueness. The strength refers to drive and will, and the mind refers to the center of intellect. And what he's saying is every part of us must love God. We need to love God with every part of us and love our neighbor. Oh, I was doing great until the very last word there. (laughs) Welcome to this broadcast, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And I'm Mike Trout, our teacher, Pastor Leighton Sheely, starts us off on this Monday with a bit of a review. Our mission statement is Church of the Highlands is a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching church, assisting people to know and love Christ Jesus through a great commitment to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. This sentence describes who we are, what we do, how we do it, and why. Uh, Who we are, we're a Christ-centered Bible-teaching church. That's who we are. What do we do? Assist people to know and love Christ Jesus. How do we do it and why? Through a great commitment to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. The Great Commission we talked about last week, the Great Commandment is fundamentally to love God and to love your neighbor. And I'd like us to look at that through the eyes of the story of the Good Samaritan today because in it, Jesus describes the application of loving God and specifically loving your neighbor even more clearly. Now, The great commandment is given to us in Matthew chapter 22, and it reads, But when the Pharisees heard that they had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked a question to test him, that is Jesus, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So what Jesus said here, if we just keep these two commandments, every other, every other commandment is covered. If we just love God and we love our neighbor, all those other commandments are taken care of. There's another passage that's very similar found in Mark chapter 12. And to love God and love your neighbor, the great commandment is integral to the story of the Good Samaritan. And uh, so this story of the Good Samaritan is perhaps the best known of the stories found in Luke's gospel. The question, what must I do to inherit eternal life, was not an uncommon question at that time. So it's not difficult to imagine that Jesus would have been asked that question more than once. As I mentioned, there's parallels, but uh, there's a difference here in Luke because in Luke it's the person who asked the question, not Jesus, who quotes the great commandment. And uh, it's, it's, as I said, it's probable that this question was asked many times. There's a similar question that was asked by the rich young ruler. You know, our pastors oftentimes get asked the same questions over and over again. That's pretty commonplace. That's why some uh, organizations have a page called FAC, Frequently Asked Questions, where those answers are provided. But it was, a, it was a good question, but some scholars believe it was given with a bad motive, that it was intended to trap Jesus. But if that was the case, then Jesus turned the tables on the lawyer. 
The, ver- the story begins at verse 25 in Luke chapter 10. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three, do you think, proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. Now his question, what shall I do, indicates that his concept of salvation was a salvation by works. He really didn't have any concept of divine grace. And our Lord sent him back to the law, not because the law saves us, but because the law shows us that we need to be saved. You see, there can be no real conversion unless there is real conviction. And the law is what God uses to convict sinners. We call it the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word gospel means good news. And the degree to which we appreciate the good in this good news is affected by the degree to which we understand the bad news. The bad news is that we are sinners destined for eternal punishment and unable to save ourselves. And when we fathom the desperation and depth of our position then our appreciation for the degree to which God has gone in providing a salvation through Jesus Christ is all the more good news. Now let's look at the passage in greater detail. Verse 25 says, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now this was a lawyer, an expert in the law. He'd studied the scriptures of the Old Testament. He knew the traditions uh, he, he, when he asked for eternal life, he was talking about God's kingdom, although he would not have understood that as a spiritual kingdom. And for acceptance into that kingdom, it meant that he had to do something in order to receive him. The, the verb here in the original language is in the aorist tense, indicating an action, a single action. And so what he was really asking is, what thing must I do to receive eternal life? And if it was not a single deed, at least it was something that could be checked off a list. How can I be sure that I've got this checked off my list so that I know that I have eternal life? He, that is Jesus, said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus had a a wonderful way of dealing with questions because he answered a question with another question. This is a technique that has been used by rabbis for many millennium, but it's called the Socratic uh, 
method because Socrates used it in teaching. And and the point is, is if a student asked the teacher a question, then the teacher would ask a series of leading questions to help the student process to get to the appropriate answer so that the answer was something that was their own, not just something they had been told. And so by implication here, Jesus is uh, clarifying that what he is teaching is not something new because it's found in the Old Testament. It also implies that the, uh, what, is, what he's teaching is, is knowable from the Old Testament. You remember the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus? Jesus came and joined them, but they, at first they didn't recognize him. And uh, he explained to them from scriptures from the Old Testament how these things must be fulfilled. What Augustine said later is what is concealed in the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. And we also see here one of the foundational principles of Christianity, which is let the Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible be the rule of our faith and practice. The Bible contains the answers to all of life's most important questions. Now, in his answer, the lawyer quoted from Deuteronomy 6.5 and Leviticus 19.18, and he correctly understood that the answer was total devotion to God and love for one's neighbor. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind means that every area is focused on God. You're holding nothing back. The heart, cardia, is the center of emotions, desires, and affections. The soul, suke, is a person's being and uniqueness. The strength refers to drive and will, and the mind refers to the center of intellect. Now, the words were used not to divide up the person, but to describe the aspects of the person. And what he's saying is every part of us must love God. We need to love God with every part of us and love our neighbor. Our vertical relationship with God is affected by our horizontal relationship with others. They are interrelated. And in order for us to maintain a good vertical relationship with God, we need to maintain good relationships with our neighbors as well. We are to love them, as he says, as yourself. Whatever degree to which you go to provide for your care and comfort and security and welfare and so forth, you should also provide for others uh, as well. So we're called to love God. We're called to love our neighbor. How do we do that? How do we do that? How do we love God? Well, the way we express our love towards God is by obediently keeping his commandments. Jesus made this clear in John 14, 15. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, the theme is not new to the New Testament. It's found woven throughout the Old Testament. For instance, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, we find, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, to those who love him and keep his commandments, to a thousand generations. So to love him and keep his commandments are linked. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 11, You shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. Again, obedience and love are linked. And later in the same chapter we read, And if indeed you obey my commandments that I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, the later rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. And he will give grass in your fields for your livestock, and you shall eat and be full. Take care, lest your heart be deceived. 
and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens so there be no rain, and the land will yield no fruit, and you will perish quickly off the land that the Lord is giving you. So we express our love towards God by obeying his commandments, and he in return pours out his blessings upon us. That's the way we love God, but that's not the way we love our neighbor. The way we love our neighbor is different. And we'll pick up right there when we come back tomorrow at this same time. You've been listening to a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. We call it study verse by verse. That's his style of teaching, also known as expository teaching. And if you'd like to listen to this broadcast again, boy, sometimes that is so helpful. You can find it on the website, highlands.us, along with all the information about the church as well. If you're looking for a church home, we'd love to see you on a Sunday or maybe even a Saturday night or a Wednesday night. And if you do visit, make sure you let someone know that you listen to the broadcast. Again, the details are found on the website, Highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout, hoping you'll come back tomorrow at this same time as we open the Word once again and study verse by verse.